Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hello, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Lamaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is a special guest by the name of Jeff Bench. And today we're going to be unpacking Halloween, the importance behind Halloween from his vantage point and engage in a fluid conversation. But before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit more about who Jeff Bench is. So Jeff Bench, he grew up in a small town in southern Minnesota, working odd jobs during the summer and playing basketball during the winter. He earned a civil engineering degree from the University of Colorado and then a master's of engineering from Cornell University, specializing in water resources. After working for larger consulting companies in Northern California, in 2005, he started his own environmental engineering consulting firm in Sacramento. A career in consulting services revealed a desire to write. The creative solution-based thinking in a structured engineer world provides a unique perspective to explore American issues. He explored these issues through holiday greetings over the past 10 years and recently compiled these greetings into a book titled History of American Holidays, a thought-provoking glimpse into America. So without further ado, let's welcome the man behind it all, Jeff Bench. And now that it came back to my memory, because he's been on the show before, the fact that he focuses on water resources, I'm definitely going to have to have him back for a part three to go deeper with that, because a good friend of mine is actually studying that and getting her master's from the A&M University. Woo! So welcome, <laughs> Jeff. All right. Well, that's, that's great, Genesis. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Jeff, I know today we're going to focus on Halloween, and there are some people who do not celebrate Halloween for various reasons, and then there's those people who do celebrate Halloween because they take it as a lighthearted, fun way. But from your perspective and the research that you've done, why do you believe Halloween is important and why and where did the Halloween traditions and customs originate from? Oh, both good questions. Uh, can we start with where it came from and the history behind it? And then uh, through that, we'll kind of hit a couple points on why it's important. Um, and where it came from was Ireland and England and uh, northern France uh, over 2000 years ago. Uh, the Celtics uh, would celebrate basically a change of the seasons from the summer and uh, harvest season to the winter. And back in the day, the winters weren't so friendly um, and many people would die. So it was had a spiritual uh, component to it. And uh, the communities would gather and build sacred bonfires and offer sacrifices of crops and animals or whatever uh, their spiritual religious uh, uh, practices were, but then they would take the uh, coals from the hot embers from the sacred bonfires back to their own fire, their own hearths, and restart their fires for the winter ahead. And it's to bring good luck uh, for the winter ahead. 
So these celebrations were very community based and they included costumes and uh, and food and then also welcoming the dead back. They would often open a window and put a candle in to on this night to guide uh, ancestors or loved ones their return. So there's line between life and death, you know, the two worlds was uh, maybe blurred or at its thinnest during this this time. And it it gave a time for a spiritual connection. Um, And that's an interesting viewpoint because I grew up in a religious or spiritual household, so Christianity. And um, my father grew up Catholic, Catholic and my mother grew up Anglican. And whenever they came to the U.S. and had the children, we grew up as non-denominational and kind of like a mixture of both backgrounds. So growing up, my mother never let me celebrate Halloween. It wasn't until I went to my mom's sister's house where I at least got some freedom to go trick-or-treating and et cetera. But now in present day, we see so many things going on around the Halloween holiday where kids are getting harmed. We now have the fentanyl crisis where there's fentanyl in Whoppers candy, Skittles, and all this other stuff we've seen on the media. People have been getting killed around Halloween. People are just doing all this crazy, crazy stuff. So then it's heightening the fact that some parents don't want their children to celebrate Halloween. And they may not necessarily know the customs and the traditions behind Halloween and where it stemmed from. So the fact that you mentioned um, Ireland, the Celtics, and et cetera, I've never heard that side side of it. I just heard like people say, ooh, it's the devil's holiday. We don't believe in that. We shouldn't take part of that. A lot of bad things happen or dot, dot, dot. And I feel like we as individuals, we should really take time to research why certain customs and traditions were brought about and then make our own decision whether we want to support it or we want to let our children support it, dot, dot, dot. But from your vantage point, did you grow up in a household where you celebrated Halloween with your family? Oh, absolutely. We celebrated Halloween when I was growing up and we did a lot of trick-or-treating and, you know, it's quite a few years ago. And even back then, though, we had the same issues that you described. Uh, There's always like stories of someone put a razor blade in an apple. So if you get an apple, you got to cut it before you eat it. Or, uh, And the drug of, uh, well, the hardcore drug of choice back then was heroin. And so everyone was worried that someone was lacing candy with heroin. And I never heard of that actually ever happening. And uh, we always uh, felt like, and our parents taught us, if the candy is um, in a wrapper, it was bought from the store, whatever, and the wrapper was in, in, intact, then you're good to go. And if the wrapper's torn or anything like that, you'd have to throw it away. Um, but never heard of any of that actually happening. But I grew up in a small town, but um, uh, we we're careful and uh, but we would trick or treat like crazy, you know, try and gather as much candy as we could. And it would all go to waste probably because you couldn't eat that much before Thanksgiving anyway. And uh, <laughs> you could gather more than you could eat basically. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, 
It's funny that you said that, though, because a lot of uh, kids, whenever I would go to school after Halloween, you would do the candy swaps. Like if you got a bunch of candy that you didn't like, you trade your candy with other kids. <laughs> and but if you were that one kid whose parent didn't let you go trick or treating, you couldn't participate in that activity. And they're like, well, why can't you go trick or treat? Or they'll ask, well, what are you going to be for Halloween? And I'm like, oh, my parents don't celebrate. And my parents always like will go to church on Halloween. On Halloween, like if they had something at the church and they're like, oh, you could praise Jesus or you could do something else. And I'm like, all my friends are going here. Well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? <laughs> that old line, huh? <laughs> You'll say it to your kids someday. I know I've said it to mine. But uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I know when uh, when I lived in uh, I lived in San Francisco for a few years and when I was there, uh, with our kids, uh, trick or treating and the, you know, in a city is a little bit different. We would go to the, uh, the shopping center and all the stores would have something out in the mall and they'd have tables with the candy and they'd hand out the candy. And so there are a variety of ways to, you know, participate in the Halloween celebrations. And, and you mentioned the religious aspect of it. Um, when the, when the Romans, you know, migrated north and took over, and basically conquered uh, England and Ireland. Uh, they they brought with them the Catholic faith, and uh, the Pope, uh, you know, declared that uh, November first would be All Saints Day. And this is you know in the like eleventh, ninth, tenth century, and uh, All Saints Day through Middle English, Middle English translations turned into All Hallows Day. And then the night before became All Hallows Eve and eventually turned into Halloween. And so uh, that's where the the true religious, I mean, the, I guess before I would call it a spiritual undertone. And then when the Catholic Church came up and the Romans, it took on a more religious sort of uh, significance. Um, and then it, it really grew in America, you know, and, you know, came with the pilgrims or whatever in the colonies, but the uh, in like the late 1600s, 1700s, the the strict Protestants of New England didn't allow any celebrations, uh, but it was a little more popular in the South. And then uh, as immigration increased uh, more and more, it became a, a bigger and bigger holiday. And then especially the Irish potato famine in the mid 1800s, uh, millions of Irish folks came over. Uh, and uh, immigrated to the United States and uh, brought with them basically Halloween. And it 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 uh, became widespread across the country, uh, people celebrating it. And uh, it went through some minor adjustments over the years with trick-or-treating coming and going. But ever since about 1920, over 100 years now, uh, trick-or-treating's been uh, uh, growing steadily and ever since and uh and it's still halloween it is interesting because it it still has the the block parties and the community gatherings like at the shopping center or whatever where it is instead of going to a bonfire people still gather and have neighborhood parties it's very much a community uh kind of holiday yeah i could definitely um see it as a community holiday i have um, a cousin of mine that 
um, normally has a Halloween party, like adult style party. And but now that he has kids, I'm not sure um, if he's going to remix it and make it kid friendly or just have one for the adults and then maybe have one for his children. And I know um, in some of the Mexican and Hispanic cultures, they celebrate Dia de la Muerta, so the Day of the Dead. And some of the customs there kind of seem similar to the customs that you described early on, early on, where they have lights that they put up, they have foods that they put up for the ancestors and et cetera. Do you think that Dia de la Muerta stemmed a bit from Halloween traditions? I don't know if it stems from the Halloween traditions, but it does uh, speak to how common these things are, you know, across uh, around the globe, I guess, you know, from different cultures and different parts of the world. There's this uh, wondering about where you go after life and, and what happens to your soul or whatever, and it, can it come back? And and to honor it, I think, is really healthy. And to fear it is something I wonder about. So that's one of the things about sort of the importance of Halloween. If you, you look at it, is you know, we 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 uh, have witches and goblins and ghosts and things that are fearful. Um, but uh, at the same time, the acceptance of spirits returning. Why do they have to be scary? Why can't they be? Uh, you know, like Casper, the friendly ghost. And uh, you know, why can't you stay in touch with your lost loved ones, you know, and, and not be afraid of them? Uh, so, uh, and then fear itself is another thing about Halloween. Uh, it's such an important motivator that everyone uses it, but you should maybe recognize when someone's using it sort of like on you, like they're trying to get you to do something and they're using fear as a motivation. Um, so it's a good thing to be able to recognize is uh, the fear within you and is it justified so thinking about present day and back um where halloween originated from do you feel like people have you know taken halloween to a whole new level by what they're doing to celebrate it in modern and present day and we could also and i'll also add the second part to that is now there are various school systems around the world that are, you know, saying no to Halloween traditions and customs in the school based on inclusivity reasons. And I've been seeing that a lot pop up these days on the news. And I'll just say ABC 13 News because I'm currently in the Houston, Texas area. And I was like, wow, I didn't know this was a big old thing, but they blamed it a upon not really being inclusive and then some of the kids taking Halloween to a whole new level by not necessarily having it in a playful manner but having it in a harmful manner because you could definitely get yourself outside of the box did you hear me with that one oh now I can hear you again okay did you hear my uh my question Jess I heard most of it okay um the uh, the first part was about um, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the inclusivity and oh, and it, are we celebrating it more or less nowadays? It it has it gone overboard with block parties and buying candy and costumes and stuff. Uh, I know in the United States, the last statistic I saw was like six billion dollars per year. Um, it's it's not up there with Christmas, but it is one of the bigger holidays and uh uh it's uh i think there's christmas and mother's day and maybe thanksgiving are the big uh commercial holidays and then 
uh, Halloween's right in there in the top five. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are celebrating and then inclusivity. Um, I, I never had to deal with that. I haven't heard that either, that, uh, some people are not being allowed to attend for one reason or the other. I, I, I just find that, uh, a little, um, uh, surprising, a little surprising because, you know, anyone can go put on a costume and have fun, I would think. You don't have to read too much into it if you don't want to. Yeah, so some um, parents were giving pushback to various schools and they were saying, well, if we're going to allow our kids to participate in Halloween in a school setting, why don't we let them participate in all holidays? And they were naming different holidays that they don't necessarily celebrate widespread in the schools and I was like okay well I could see it from their vantage point but I could also see it from the other vantage point too and everyone is entitled to their own opinion based on how they were raised or how they see the whole schematic because let's be real like you know kids are taking guns to school these days kids are taking knives there's so many things that are happening within the school that I'm sure the school officials are just trying to put an extra layer of protection on there because you don't know who's who if someone's wearing a, a Halloween costume and some schools may not have metal detectors or et cetera. So from a holistic view, maybe they're thinking about it from a safety aspect and then they just want to label it as, oh, we're doing this because it's going to help us support inclusivity where someone won't feel excluded because they don't necessarily believe and for example like someone who's Jehovah's Witness they don't celebrate any holiday so if they see that going on in the school you know they may feel some type of way there's so many different ways that we could dissect that Jeff but I just wanted to ask you that question since I know you do a lot of research on the various holidays mm -hmm. yeah and I, I could see the safety issues especially at uh, junior high and high school ages where when you put a mask on, you sometimes hide your identity and you develop this other form of confidence that uh, can turn into mischief and, and sometimes uh, uh, worse. And uh, uh, so I can understand that at those levels. You don't want you don't want kids wearing masks in high school. Not not a good combination. <laughs> but elementary school, I'm kind of all for it. Have little kids have a little fun and. Uh, enjoy some make-believe time. I, I think that's can be healthy. So whenever we um, think about Halloween, what are some other things that you would like the audience to know about Halloween and the research that you have done to support this um, holiday that so many people have grew up celebrating from way back then to all the way to present day? Yeah, the the second point besides this, you know, dealing with the fear and the scariness and then the acceptance of ancestors returning. The other part I get out of this is that it, it's a holiday that's a lot to do with immigration because it came from Northern Ireland. And when the Irish potato famine was in full force and people had to, you know, flee Ireland. So many of them came to the United States and and with them, they brought some of their traditions and Halloween was one of them. And, uh, and in, in my opinion, it's a great holiday. It's just a lot of fun and it's a community-based holiday. It brings people together, which is so important. And, uh, and then it, it, it does have uh, what I consider healthy spiritual side to it. And uh, so I think uh, that 
immigration is is always in the news and from the day one of our country you know back in the 1700s they were wrestling with how are we going to handle immigrants and um, they knew that once we created the democracy it would be a haven for so many people and it has been and throughout the centuries uh, our political leaders have been arguing about uh, immigration and whether you think immigration is good and welcome people with open arms is a good thing or whether you think immigration is bad and you want to build a wall um, I can guarantee you throughout our history there are people who have thought just like you all the time you know so it's it, it's an ongoing thing and this holiday sort of celebrates one of the uh or it's a celebration that has really resulted from immigration. Yeah. And then my last question to you before we begin to wind down is with you writing the book around holidays and just spreading awareness about um, different holiday greetings and just getting people to be aware of the customs or traditions and why people started celebrating these holidays in the first place. What was the inspiration behind your book? It started whereas uh, writing a, um, kind of a constant contact with my clients and my suppliers and my uh, business associates. So I would send out an email every once in a while and I, I wrestled with a newsletter and a, and a monthly thing, uh, technical issues or whatever. And I just thought that would be no fun. And uh, I, uh, then I came up with holidays is probably the right frequency of staying in contact with folks. And then I, I didn't want to get too elaborate. So I just uh, started doing a little bit of research each holiday and writing a paragraph or two. And then I've been doing that for over 10 years now. And so then I just, uh, I got a lot of positive feedback. So that's why I kept going, you know, and uh, I kept sort of improving them. And then one day I just had the idea, why don't I take the best of the best and kind of consolidate them and turn it into a book. And then, so that's what I did. Turned it okay. into a book. And the rest was history, huh? Once yeah. you turned it into a book. And then, yeah. so when you were reaching out to your suppliers, did you ever get any pushback? Because maybe you said something that was not accurate, but then you learned something by maybe that person that celebrated that holiday and tradition where you took what you learned and just applied it to your research? Um, yes, I... Uh, the most pushback I ever got was um, after Sandy Hook. Um, you might remember that the NRA kind of came out and said, we should put a gun in every classroom with the teacher and uh, for protection. And I, I kind of thought that was a little bit on the ridiculous side. It sounded ridiculous to me. And I, I wrote this thing that was, uh, um, uh, as I remembered, an episode of this old TV show called All in the Family. And I'm, um, I don't know if you ever heard of that show, but it was a sitcom, one of the very first sitcoms. And it had this conservative guy and um, an old fellow. And he was, uh, he went on the news. So there's a show of him on the news doing this point counterpoint thing. And he was against, at the time, they had just put up the metal detectors at airports. And so he was against metal detectors at airports. And he thought instead of doing that, you should just give a, every passenger a gun. That way, if someone stood up to hijack the airplane, you could just shoot him. And, and then you would have a 
bucket of guns at the gate. And if you got on the plane, you'd pick up a gun, take it onto the airplane. And when you get off the gate, you put your gun back in the bucket. And uh, so I call it the bucket of gun argument. And I relayed that related that to giving every teacher a gun in high school or any school, I guess. And a lot of my friends, I have a lot of, you know, friends that are very conservative and value their guns. And they got mad at me for that. And I got a lot of pushback. And then I realized how sensitive that issue is. And they wrote some long arguments about the virtues of gun ownership that I took to heart and uh, recognize them. I still don't think people need uh, automatic rifles and uh, military style guns that can shoot a lot of bullets in a short amount of time. They haven't changed my mind on that, but uh, I do recognize their point of view and their passion and, and all of that. So that was the, the one pushback I really got. And thank you for sharing that. I'm actually down south in Texas. And so people have renamed Texas as the Wild Wild West. And just to your point of not believing that people should have like semi-automatic rifles or guns that shoot a lot of bullets in a short amount of time. Um, I guess from my cultural background, because my mother is West Indian and Caribbean, guns are not allowed in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And if you're caught with the gun, um, I think you could go to jail or something back there in my on my mom's island. But of course, you know, just like anywhere else in the world, people are going to have contraband and they're going to find a way to bring things into the island and the country. And I can't remember if where my dad's from Curacao. So it's part of the ABC islands if guns are allowed there. But my my mom kind of like, oh, no. And then I. And so, yeah, I could definitely see both sides of the spectrum. So thank you for sharing your experience with the pushback. And audience, I hope you've learned a lot about Halloween um, from a cultural aspect, the religious aspect, the spiritual aspect, and just based on some of the research that Jeff has done. So if you're interested in learning more about the various holidays that he's taken his time to research to bring the knowledge and information to you, grab a copy of his book. Jeff, tell the audience um, where they could get a copy of your book and plug your website. Uh, Yes, you can get the book. Copy of the book from all online sources, whether it's Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble or other uh, outlets. Um, and the name of the book is The History of American Holidays, A Thought-Provoking Glimpse um, into America. And it's, um, uh, oh, my webpage is jeffbench.com. That's J-E-F-F-B-E-N-S-C-H.com. And uh, that's the author's webpage. And in there, there's uh, links to all, not all, but more than a few uh, online sources uh, that uh, sell the book. And there you have it, audience. Make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe Gems Podcast. It's available on 40 plus platforms, audio based. And you could also see the video to this recording by going to our YouTube channel, which is Gems with Genesis Amarskin, the name of the show. And for those of you that are interested in paid brand sponsorship, we are looking for you. You could have your products and services ranked right here with me where this show is ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts. And we're working on getting those metrics up. So thank you for what you do. And I can't wait to link arms with you so we could go further and faster together. Because as we all know, collaboration is not the new competition. 
It's actually the new way of creating synergies and building together to leave a legacy and pave a sturdy, steady foundation for future generations to come. So if you like what you heard, give me a thumbs up, send me a review. If you don't like what you heard, send me a review too, because feedback is a gift. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Signing out, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp and my special guest, Jeff Bench. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.